1: Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So...
2: Just so you know, this episode is inspired by a recent friend's Facebook status, which alerted us to the fact that our old Zynga sites, and for those of you who might not know, it was an online journal blog site that I used in college. And we're going to talk a little more about Zynga, but that it was still available and possibly even getting an upgrade, which brought on a bit of a panic attack, thinking of all the angst and feelings that was my freshman and sophomore year of college that was plastered on the site. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that exists. But it seems my site may not exist. So good and bad, I guess. Which (laughs) made me go down a bit of a rabbit hole about blogging. And overall, the history and how women used it and still use it today. But honestly, I was kind of surprised by some of what we found out when we started researching this whole blogging world, even though it shouldn't have been a surprise, but it kind of was. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you my username. So you have to try to search it. It's not happening. Ah. Uh, But Annie... I do have a question for you because out of all of the years and many a times that I've thought about, you know, doing a different job or trying to find something new or trying to find a job, I was like, always thinking, man, what is that one thing that I could just make money off of? And of course, Mm -hmm. one of those things that came to view was blogging. You can, how you can make money in blogging. And by the way, y'all, there are thousands, if not millions, but definitely thousands of how-to Mm-hmm. to start your own blog and how to make money, by the way. Right. Did you mm-hmm. ever a, have a blog that you thought, man, I could make money off of this if only I could monetize this or have an mm-hmm. idea that you didn't do that you wish you
1: had? Or are you, are
2: you thinking about it?
1: <laughs> I thought I have only posted in a blog once, but I did feel that I had, which feels kind of weird to say, but I thought I was a decent writer. And fairly charismatic and also very authentic. Like I was a very open uh, person when I would write. And I don't think I ever considered blogging as like a source of money because I was always, I was very shy, but also my parents, like many parents were very, I don't want to say logical, but they're like, how can you make money off of this? And that's one of the reasons I chose the, the career path or the college path that I did was because I wanted to be a writer, and like a performer. But they were like, well, so does most everybody and only a certain amount of people make it. So you you should probably choose something you have a better chance at succeeding in. But that being said, like when I got this job, which was like 2010, 2011, a lot of parts of the job did involve blogging and editing and um, later videos. And it was something co- always in the back of my head that I didn't really seriously consider, but it was always sort of back there. It's was like well, people are making money off of it. And I feel like I could be decent enough at this, at writing things that I'm seeing on other blogs. But I was too shy to do it and definitely way too shy to like speak up for myself or ask for such an opportunity. And that's, in fact, like I would not be a host right now if someone else hadn't asked me, which isn't great, which isn't great. Uh, As far as money-making ideas that I... I haven't done, I've, I've had a couple of what I think are genius ideas that people later did. And I'm sure I wasn't the first person to think of it anyway. But I think I could, I like to think I could make money writing somehow. But I don't know. I don't know. It is competitive fields. It is. What about you?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I had the genius idea because for a little while, I was on a hot streak of really bad online blind dates. Mm. This has existed. And it's gotten bigger with the other platforms. Mm -hmm. But this was like 2007. So a little early on, I really wish I had done so and did a whole like take. Because I'm not the best writer, but I am personable and funny. So whenever mm-hmm. I did have the online journals, I would get compliments about the way I wrote things. And, and I am a sarcastic individual that makes mm-hmm. light of things. Of course, it's probably good in some retrospect because I wasn't so PC back then. And there could be a lot of things that could haunt me. Yeah. <laughs> which is a good reminder for those who are writing today. They will haunt you. Yes. <laughs> as my zangasite. site has recently done for me, so yeah. (laughs) But we're not talking about our own woes. I mean, we will, obviously, (laughs) because it's a thing that we did. Mm -hmm. But we did want to dig into some of what is blogging, what happened with
1: blogging, how it affects women, does it affect women, I don't know. So to start off, let's get into that history. Yes, so the use of the word blog didn't actually get coined until the 90s by Peter Merholtz, and the word was coined officially in 1999, even though the actual practice of blogging may have been around for a bit before then. But the term that was used was not blogs. It was called something else. And if you're curious, which I would be really interested for listeners to write in if you have no experience with this world and you don't know what we're talking about. Okay, so... Here's our definition. According to WordPress at wpbeginner.com, a blog is, quote, a type of website where the content is presented in reverse chronological order, newer content appears first, and is often referred to as entries or blog posts. It is typically run by an individual or a small group of people to present information in a conversational style. And if you don't know,
2: what WordPress is, it is one of the larger yeah. platforms for blogs. And according to those who have researched this, uh, they state that Justin Hall, a student at the time was the first blogger and created the first blog in 1994 on links.net. But it wasn't necessarily called blog like we said until much later, but at the time was referenced as online journals, which <laughs> and I believe is what they called Zynga for a while. An online blog. It had all the little fun little decorations. You could Uh do animations and little music if you wanted to. Had quotes. Oh, yeah. Or (laughs) personal pages. Again, much Uh kind of like a MySpace, but not all the friends, maybe. I don't know. So (laughs) in 1997, we have what is called the weblog, as in web blog, blog, weblog, get it? Uh, Which was
1: coined by Jorn Barger, who created the Robot Wisdom Blog. And many of the original or first blogs were centered around programming and gaming, but that did expand to journalism or news and even to music where people like Rose Marshak, musician with poster child, was credited about having a blog for keeping an online tour journal in the mid nineties or Jonathan Doob who reported on Hurricane Bonnie for the Charlotte Observer in 1998. And it was in 1998 that we saw the beginning of a whole new platform, on the interwebs, the blogging platform, beginning with Open Diary, which allowed for other people in the platform community to comment on other people's writings.
2: But yes, it birthed so many others, and soon there were three more that would follow, including my beloved defunct Zanga that is desperately trying to make a comeback. Y'all, they want they need funding, which <laughs> apparently was more social media friendly and more geared to being interactive. For me, I only used a username. I didn't attach my actual name and told the selective group of friends to be a part of my community. So it was very selective. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just Zanga, but more sites like LiveJournal and Blogger. And LiveJournal existed until the mid 2000s, and apparently ended up being one of Russia's primary social media platforms, according to one site.
1: Huh, interesting. Mm -hmm. As for Blogger, the site being a more commercial blogging service, it was eventually purchased by Google. And like everything popular, this began to be an avenue for some capital. And it became monetized with things like blog ads, which was a precursor to Google AdSense. And with people seeking to become searchable and marketable by appearing on list and available through search engines, like the first blog search engine, Technorati, which was created in 2002. And I believe still exists. Because I just found a list on their site. So there you go. Huh.
2: And of course, uh, many platforms still exist, including WordPress, which is set up as a fully customized site and easy to use for all. And I also have one of those that I did for a project with uh, domestic violence survivors. And it's really easy to use. Uh, again, they also have a beginner's guide if you need some assistance.
1: Also, not a sponsor currently, but I think they have sponsored... Other podcasts in our network in the past, but yes, no sponsors. Currently, <laughs> we're not special enough, apparently, because we don't <laughs> blog.
2: <laughs> and many of the professional levels of mediums have been born through blogging. So much so that in 2005, blogger Garrett Graff was invited to the White House and was the first blogger to be invited. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And sites like Huffington Post and Medium are still in production as sources and journalist medium So we use them a lot in referencing what's going on today.
1: Right, but okay, this leads to the question of who writes these blogs and who reads these blogs now. And these numbers have changed over time. At the beginning of blogging, it seemed like men took the helm of most things related to the internet, and of course, um, that has also fluctuated over time. According to an article published by The Atlantic in 2012, most social media-related sites were more likely to be used by women. For things like blogging, though, overall, women were more likely to spend time on social media than men. Women were online 24.8 hours a month, and men were on 22.9 hours a month. But even in these reports, there were conflicts, as many said. Um, Though women may be more likely to be on social media, men were also just as likely. And some found even more so on blogs, or at least writing these blogs. Right. So in a 2015 article, 51% of men reported reading
2: blogs more than once a day, and 43% of women would do the same. So more likely men would get on once or twice, three times. However, women were more likely to subscribe to the blogs, so therefore would be a little more committed and get them emailed to them. Again, these numbers are constantly fluctuating, and some of that may be on how researchers are looking at the information. Uh, As many of these may include the fact that there are some added vloggers or video bloggers, which we need to dig into later on. And some may exclude professional levels of media like Huffington Post and BuzzFeed, which are actual blogs, but they're kind of more seen as, again, professionals, therefore not in the same context. But most of the numbers show pretty similar results when it comes to gender. It's neutral. It's pretty much neutral. Uh, There is a 1.8% difference in who is blogging. Men were at 50.9%, while women were at 49.1% as of 2017, going to one percent article
0: (laughs) snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand tempt to hire part-time or full-time So visit Snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand.
2: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee
1: sounds perfect. And there are some other statistics around all of this. As of 2020, there's about 7.5 million blog posts created daily. At least 53% of bloggers are between the ages of 21 and 35. 20% of them are 20 or younger. 19% are between 36 and 50. And 7% are 51 and older. 77% of people on the internet actually read these millions of blogs. Um, There are over 600 million blogs on the internet today, with Tumblr having the largest number of users, which is 488.1 million blogs. And by the way, in 1999, there were 23 blogs on the internet. So massive growth. Massive growth. Yes, yes. And of course, we have to talk about
2: who's making this money? Who is mm-hmm. making money? Because again, I see constant, and I have a feeling my ads are going to be a lot about how to monetize a blog or how to start a blog because of this research that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Well, p- not surprisingly, blogging professional medias like the Huffington Post make a lot of the top dollars. The Huffington Post makes an annual income of $500 million. As in fact, one article said that they were worth a billion dollars. So, yeah. Making that cheddar cheese. I am (laughs) old. Okay. But in general, the regular schmoes, like myself, typically don't make much, if at all. As in fact, according to one study, more than 80% never make even $100. Ever. Wow. Ever, Uh ever. Ever, ever. And (laughs) only 8% make enough money for this to be their full-time jobs. And to say, I'm a professional blogger. I guess Mm -hmm. it's the same way as us saying, I'm a professional podcaster, really? Oh, well. Hmm. Um, (laughs) And to make make it an even more sad reality, 70% of the people in another survey stated they never make any money at all. But there are a few that are able to make it into this fierce competitive world of blogging. With a recent blog listing one of the bloggers, so within this blog listing other bloggers, who earns a million dollars per month through their blog post. Wow. Right. And that same list is showing the top 21 uh, bloggers who are making top dollars. And several of these are couples and or partners, Mm -hmm. business partners. So, you know, they kind of make up the list. There was 12 in total, I think, and then 21 people in that list, if that Mm. makes sense. And that same list that we talked about with that guy, and it is a guy who makes a million per month, they Mm -hmm. have the top 21 earners. And uh, there's in total about 27 people in that list. And some of them are partners uh, sharing the same sites or Mm -hmm. sharing, I guess, the same revenue. 13 of those people were women. So 13 out of 27 were women. Um, And their blogs were mainly about finance, fashion and style, several recipe and food and several mommy blogs or mom blogs, which still exist and uh, are making some money. And again, many of these bloggers, though considered professional bloggers, are boosted by other forms of media, including things like social media, such as Instagram or video blogs, better known as, again, vlogs, which I still have a hard time with that word. (laughs) And yes, again, podcasting.
1: Yes. And whenever we return for vlogs, yeah, I'll have a lot to say about, about that. But there are there are similar numbers when it comes to money for vlogs. Because I think Stuff Mom Never Told You, YouTube channel, which had a lot of subscribers, and we generally got like 10,000 plus views per video. We made like 20 bucks a year, wow. maybe. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> wow. It's kind of insulting. You get your like spreadsheet, and it's, it shows how many downloads you have, and it's like, here's your... Okay, thank you. Thanks so much. (laughs) Yes. But, okay, if we break down women in the blogging world, yeah, we wanted to focus on a few specific blogs that we typically see more women being a part of, starting with the mommy blog. And we're not going to go in depth on that because past hosts already did an episode on it. But we did want to add some updated information to this conversation, because not too surprisingly, after the 2010 surge of mom blogs, many have tried to copy the likes of the larger blogs that still exist today, but have been unsuccessful in monetizing, which has led to another method of finding success, which is to pay money for actual blogging courses and even tools to try to make some money and to become bigger than just bloggers, but influencers. Right. And according to the statistics
2: that we talked about earlier, I think I want to say at least 60% of people who were blogging spend at least $100 in trying to monetize themselves or to get themselves into that same playing field. And for some, it has worked. In a BuzzFeed article published in 2019, a blogger based out of Pakistan invested $2,500 to start her blogging career and has been able to make enough money to stay at home while her husband works. And though she is based in and from Pakistan, the majority of her audience is from the U.S., so she said at the time. And like many of the blogs that exist, money isn't made by just the information that people are writing about, but a brand they have created through these blogs. Just like it was at the beginning, it still allows for a community for like-minded individuals who are living similar lifestyles. And I think as it's been said before, many of the originators of mommy blogging, it was a community to be open and honest in their struggles, as well as their success. Um, And you had a variety. Uh, The upfront, honest, tired moms, the Christian DIY moms, and the moms who made it look
1: really easy. Yeah. Wasn't Glennon Doyle of uh, Untamed? She had a presence from like a Christian mother blog, I believe. And she was successful. She was a writer. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Exactly. But uh, all of this soon came with the added bonus that the bloggers may be offering something more to help all those out in the world with products that can make life just a little bit easier. And I bet a lot of us are familiar with this for your reading and entry. Um, for me, it's a lot of time recipe blogs, which I know we're going to talk about yes. in a minute. But it, it you're like halfway through and then it's like, and that's why I like this product. <laughs> ah. <laughs> there it is. Yes. <laughs> Some of the bigger bloggers and influencers have created their own products or brands that are offered exclusively such as binders, organizers, planners, etc., which can lead to profits. Right, but with the blogs
2: changing over to being influencers, it does look a bit differently today. As it states in one New York Times article, quote, Today's most popular representations of motherhood aren't necessarily occurring on websites anymore, but rather through multi-platform personal brands exemplified in the Los Angeles Coat Slacker cohort of Busy Phillips, Kelly Oxford, and Liz Carey. As media producers, they work directly with brands in ways that most consumers wouldn't even understand going beyond sponsored content. They write, they perform, they consult, they're ambassadors. They're profane and genuinely self-deprecating, but glossier and more aspirational than mothers have ever been. They look, through the Instagram filters anyway, like beautiful languid teenagers. Their representations of motherhood are in unsettling, hilarious, and subversive in a way that is diametrically opposed to the kind of subversion held that defined early mommy blogs. And I think we can say that we've seen that influence in everything. We've we've changed from just being bloggers or uh, writers or vloggers to being ambassadors and influencers, as as we talked about before. But don't think that blogging has gone anywhere. As we saw in the numbers, there are millions of blog posts being released
1: daily. Yes. And yeah, we, of course, couldn't talk about the world of blogging without the ever-controversial recipe blogs. And if you're wondering why is this controversial, between all the conversations of cultural appropriation within the community, to accusations of stealing, to just outright people complaining, There has been a bit of a stir in the food and culinary world when it comes to this. And the blog world continues to be impacted by that. So one of the biggest controversies is the complaints from many, including celebrities who make their money by spewing and sometimes nonsense monologues, which often turn into books. And yeah, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier is like a lot of times you just are scrolling through this whole thing because you just want to get the recipe at the bottom.
2: <laughs> right, right. And don't get me wrong, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. And I've been one of those complaining, uh, trying to repeatedly scroll down uh, because I have to reread and reread and reread. You just have to keep scrolling, keep scrolling to get to that recipe bit to try out a new delicious dish. Yeah, I made a delicious potato soup from one of these blogs. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. But what we're actually doing is kind of callously dismissing a person's work and sometimes a yeah. livelihood. And uh, to the point that... a mail-driven company was trying to make money by taking recipes out of people's blogs, creating their own site and claiming it, even though it shows where it comes from. So it was a whole Mm -hmm. thing and making money off of it. And
1: everybody was pissed as they should I think I've seen that too, where you're like, here's the recipe for this and you click on it and it's just a link to something else. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm all about crediting people's work, but I'm not sure how I ended up here first. <laughs> right. There are so many things uh, where they're like, hey, hey, uh, you're not,
2: yeah, you're making this more difficult and they're not getting the views that they need to up their uh
1: Count. Numbers. And what yeah. are you doing?
2: So yeah, and uh, some even talk about how this could be a result of underlying sexism mm, that is often prevalent in home cooking. Writer Chloe Bryan wrote in Mashable, "Quote: Home cooking is still a deeply gendered pursuit, and writers whose work centers on home cooking are still perceived as less professional." less valuable, and less worthy voices. And according to a blogger from the same article, they said, the feeling seems to be that they don't think these writers have something of value to offer. And they aren't the only ones. Uh, Many feel this conversation has a lot to do with the same narrative we talked about in our romance fiction episode, which is that when it comes to women authors and writers, they are often dismissed and not taken seriously.
1: Yeah, um, and it goes into the same sexist narrative of the whole shut up and cook thing which, of course, continues to push a misogynistic agenda. And this doesn't consider the fact that many of those who are posting these delicious free recipes are also trying to make it in the world of monetized blogging, something they are actually putting work into. And again, this type of blogging is typically dominated by women. There is also the argument overall that when women write, it is full of emotion and even mysticism, while men are direct to the point. Um, Just no frills about it. So rather than just skipping or enjoying someone's trip down memory lane, we complain and criticize the author for their free content, which they are trying to up their chances of being seen by putting in correct terms and words that can be found by the all-knowing, all-powerful algorithm of Google and other Search engines,
2: right? And I think that's a whole other conversation we need to have about how is uh, the algorithm working for or against women in general mm-hmm. uh, when we see things like this, as well as the fact that yeah, the constant complaint about the recipes about free content. I yeah. get it. Things are annoying. Ads are annoying. Conversations can be a lo- like long-winded and annoying, but it's free. Yeah, and you don't have to use that. So. Sorry? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's also easy enough to just scroll yeah, down. Scroll, it really is. Scroll. <laughs> if
2: you need to keep it, in, in, in screenshot. That's my favorite thing to do. Screenshot everything. It's a delightful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't get into the narrative about the uh, stealing of recipes, which has yeah. been a back and forth between a lot of authors and a lot of bloggers. Because that happens a lot in this industry, mm-hmm. especially if they're lesser known to the bigger influencers who should be called out. And Mm -hmm. so that's a whole other conversation we didn't get into. I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about video content and vloggerships and such. Mm -hmm. Because we know (laughs) it happens a lot.
0: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers,
2: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Okay, we're going down another world in blogs. And I think Annie was so excited. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Which is fanfic (laughs) blogs. I feel like that's kind of meta. Is that not kind of meta? Is that kind of meta?
1: In that you're talking about something that's talking about something? Oh, yeah. And I I have uh, a thought, thoughts about that, which are very so many I'll get thoughts. into it in a minute.
2: <laughs> and by the way, as we were researching, uh, trying to find different blogs, as well as, you know, which is dominated more by women, which isn't. And fanfic did come up quite often. And there are many a fanfic blogs. They didn't tell me why. It just more of told us who was out there, where you should go to find those blogs. So just so you know. Yes. And yeah, again... There are plenty of blogs concerning your favorite fanfics and blogs to give you new fanfics you may have never heard about or not even seen yet. And I saw plenty on Archive of Our Own, which is yes. A03. Annie uh-huh. just had to tell me what that stood for. Yes. Um, and there's a tons. And apparently a lot of those have the Slash
1: yes. fanfic. Yeah? Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which for those who don't know, if you somehow missed all the fanfiction talk I've done, is usually... A two male characters romantically involved. However, I will say, while the ones you hear about are usually the highly sexual ones, often they're not sexual. Usually they're what's called curtain fic, which is just like domestic life, a slice of life. And yeah. <laughs> many, many of these vlogs do offer, like, yeah, all of your favorites under one site. And we we were looking at some of the favorites, which I have heard of these um, here at the top three. There's Twisting the Hell Mouth, which is a Buffy-related fanfic site. There's um, Fanfic.net, which is uh, they have Potions and Snitches, a Harry Potter one. I am very familiar with that one. And then yes, Ao3 works. Tag Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. That one's pretty obvious. So yeah, it's interesting because as I talked about in the fanfiction episode, fanfiction is a very community-driven space. And it's, it's kind of like blogging. Like you write this thing, you write a chapter, and then people can comment on it. Or in the case of AO3, they can leave kudos, which is just like, hey, thumbs up, I liked that. And then from that, people become, they want to be even more fanish about their favorite fan fictions. So there are blogs that are spaces where the creators of the stories can design um, artwork or chapter artwork, and they can like give teasers about like what's coming up in the next chapter or use it as kind of a like, hey, the new chapter's up, here's a snippet, here's a piece of art. And at the same time, fans who read this fanfiction and really love it, they might go to their blog and design like a piece of art or something for it. And then that gets shown in the fan fiction sometimes if the author finds it or sees it. But it's also used for something Samantha's heard me talk about, but I'm not sure you've ever really understood what I'm talking about, <laughs> which are challenges are prompts where somebody on a Tumblr or Discord, I see Discord a lot come up in this conversation, will say like, it's, and this is just the first example coming to mind, kink week. (laughs) And here's like, I want a week of this type of like, they will do sentences, you have to include the sentence or they'll do like exchange weeks where different authors will exchange like stories for each other almost as gifts. But a lot of these like prompts come up in Tumblr where authors or fans get together and are like, you know what I really want to see? I want to see a lot of stories that are really sad about like Darth Vader being a terrible dad and all that kind of stuff. Murder dad. Sad murder dad, as he's called. Yes. Um, And that's a funny thing too about AO3. It's one of my favorite things is it has tags. So every story is tagged with like, you know, the characters that are in it, the genre, and then... Oftentimes they get really creative of like sad murder dad or whatever. So you know what's going to be in the story that you're reading, but they can get quite funny and long. But you'll see in there like the Dan Luke Discord made me do it or like the Tumblr made me do it. Um, so you'll know like, oh, this is a challenge or this is something that happened in that vanished space, which I really enjoy. I love that kind of community aspect of it and of like everybody getting so excited and liking each other's work and kind of building each other up. And yes, uh, many of these blogs have been used for educational purposes as well. Because, of course, who doesn't want to study about The Lord of the Rings fanfiction through blogs that lets you know the best content out there? I've seen BuzzFeed, too. BuzzFeed has done a list of, like, here 23 fanfiction that are better than the original. Which is really great, especially because there's so much content out there. Yes,
2: yes. (laughs) Let me ask you, because, you know, I must ask, as the all-knowledgeable fanfic expert of...
1: Sminty, do you have favorite blogs? I don't. I wouldn't say I have favorite blogs. But I often at the bottom of a a fan fiction at the end of a chapter, it'll be like, check out this person's work of this scene or go do this. And I will. Because that art can be amazing. And some people embed it in the fan fiction. So you'll be reading it. It's like illustrated. I'm so excited to be talking about this right now. (laughs) So right before when you asked and you told me you were going to ask I looked at some stories that I know I've included a lot of art that I really liked. And one is called Furio Sophie. So that's F U R I O S O P H I E. etumblrcom They've written a lot of stuff I love and they've got a lot of artwork up. And then there's Sadie B. Wright. So that's S A D I E B W R I T E S. stumblrcom And Tumblr, if you don't know, is T U M B L R. And they also have stories that they've written that I love and illustrations and like teasers. And they'll do like funny GIFs. Yeah. Which are good. One of my favorite is like horny but terrified. You can look that up if you want. But <laughs> okay. And that's that's funny too is I was telling you right before when you ask if it's meta, there are stories that are what are essentially love letters to people on these Tumblers or the groups or communities on the Tumblr or on Discord or on Twitch or whatever. So there are stories... That are like modern alternate universes that are about like, say, what if Luke found, if he was a blogger and he met the Mandalorian that way? Or or what if they found fan fiction and then what happens? (laughs) But they're they're very like cute uh, stories about kind of, yeah, these love letters to the other fans. And there's one where they're both streamers. And it's just really funny and sweet.
2: Um, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> very meta, though. Very, very meta. <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Yeah, I thought so. So, I don't know. You don't have one, do you?
1: I don't have one, no. I, I feel like I could really excel in this area, though. I feel like you
2: could, too. <laughs> I think you might need to, because I know you're always giving recommendations to friends and other people who are dabbling into the world of fan fiction. So, I feel like you need to do a beginner's blog, of, yeah. or a beginner's guide blog for fan fiction.
1: I think I could because I've got like my list of if I think you're interested in this it's like separated out by categories yeah. and then I'll have caveats of like this is one thing I love about Fan now is it has trigger warnings often and they're right. very specific and you press a button to skip to the end to see it so if you don't want to be spoiled in any way then you can do it that way but I feel like I could really lay it out and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, be like, if you want to go this way, if you want to go this way, if you want to go this way, and then I can like explain, have like an explainer of terminology and what you're looking for.
2: I think we found your blog.
1: <laughs> yes, I you never see it. me again.
2: <laughs> I doubt we would. To be but fair, you know I was happy. <laughs> uh, yes, she went down happy, um, but coming back, and although. Fanfic blogs seems very much on the original track of what blogging was as in like the whole writing and that said it is just for pure joy and for pure community. we know overall, the other types of blogging have changed, especially the ones that we've talked about, which now includes vlogging, social media influencers, and podcasters. And just like all things, it has changed substantially since its inception and largely due to that dreaded word, monetization. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, I don't blame you because, you know, I would love to make money that way. I guess I do make money that way. What? (laughs) (laughs) And according to a blog post written by Rebecca Dietz on Medium, Personal blogging is slowly dying out. So those days of being able to post about your daily journey or just thoughts are slowly dying out. In part to things like Twitter and TikTok, which allow for a condensed version of all of that. So you can just do three lines, 130 words. Today is this instead of the the very much
1: longer. Uh, oh, well, Tumblr is short. How long is it? It can be. It can be pretty short. Does it allow for a larger post? It does. I mean, usually, I feel in my experience, though, it's uh, like maybe three, four paragraphs, and then a lot of times there's art.
2: Okay. I don't know much about Tumblr. I never got into that route. I will say that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. also, due to the level of success of blogs that pertain to lifestyle, which is dominated by mostly celebrity level of influencers. And even if they're not celebrities yet, they eventually become celebrities because of their lifestyle content.
1: Yeah. And Dietz is not the only one who has seen the signs at the end of the blog. But when you look at the numbers, it seems like it's not really going anywhere. Um, just being used as part of like a multi-level section of a larger brand. And I know that was a big push at our job for a while. Like you had to have a YouTube presence, you had to have a Tumblr presence, like you had to have a brand. And that meant being on all of these different platforms. Right. Which is shocking. I don't know if I can do that. Just being on these social media platforms is hard. It's a lot of work. So yeah, blogs typically no longer stand on their own, but have now become incorporated into everyday business sites as a way to increase sales or increase traffic to websites. And typically marketers reuse blogs to sell their products or get more interaction with them. And with the use of blogs for content marketing, many businesses prefer this method and use this method and it seems to work. Seven out of 10 customers preferred articles over ads, according to one study. And another study showed that over 68% of people think blogs add credibility to a site.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, that's kind of why when we talk about recipe bloggers, why it's important that we allow them to tell the story and not only allow them, but, you know, let them do their things. You don't have to read it. It just has to be there. Enjoy the recipe. Go make you some good potato soup. Oh, that potato soup. I can't wait for winner. <laughs> but overall, blogging has not really gone anywhere. Just the importance of blogging. Again, it's become a bigger part of a brand, um, which is what we've heard a lot more of. And it seems so different to the wholesome Zanga days of old mm. for me, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. which I try to hide away. No. <laughs> I want to know. And- And again, as we continue to grow, especially when it comes to social media and how many different platforms have been developed since blog and blogging, uh, it'll be interesting to see how much more people will have to do in being able to monetize in this type of industry, for the lack of better terms, and whether or not uh, it is feasible to keep up with it.
1: Yeah, and that's a conversation... That's been ongoing in the world of entertainment and media. And I do find it interesting because I feel like the reason people connect with a lot of blogs and vlogs or podcasts or, or whatever it is, is usually because there is um, kind of that personal, like, I'm opening myself up to you and you feel a connection to whoever's doing that. So, like, the fan fiction, like, people are so excited that they found someone else that connects and it makes you happy that you can bounce ideas off each other and make this stuff that you're, unfortunately, probably aren't going to get paid for. Or fortunately or unfortunately, there's you know pros and cons to both. In the case of like, this is something that I love, and I'm just right. kind of doing it for, for fun. But it, it is interesting to me that there's sort of that dichotomy of just give me the damn recipe <laughs> <laughs> versus I'm reading this because I want to connect with another person, and there's sort of this openness there. Right. But yeah, yeah, that is that is interesting. And I'm excited to come back and and look at other other things like blogs and I'm, you know, <laughs> like things like Discord and Twitch and just see see what's going on. What's going on there? Oh. But in the meantime, listeners, um, if you have a blog, if you have blog recommendations, we want yes. them. <laughs> You can email us at stuffmediamomastuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Christina, do you have a blog? I feel like we need to find her blog. I bet she has a blog. We must know. <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.